So I swear I tried to prepare. <laughs> Jean, you can see, no? Mm-hmm. I did try. But now it's a big mess. It's like all these letters. I don't know what to do with them. Like I'm, with fl- I'm going to deny <laughs> that I prepared. <laughs> It's a little chilly. Huh? Mm. Ch- do you say chilly for the willy? Mm-hmm. Yesterday night we were uh, sweating like uh, sweating like a goose. Is that an expression that exists? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so things are changing. Winter is coming. Um, so I think this is going to be impressionistic, the, the teaching tonight. Hopefully it will be a teaching. I actually kind of like not knowing what's going to happen. I think it's like the veil of like um, the idea that I know what's going to happen and that I have everything planned, organized, and often you know how it is in life. You're like, oh, that's not exactly how I thought this was going to go. Or, so I, like not knowing makes it really clear that we actually never exactly know what's, uh, what's coming. I kind of like that. There's something, uh, yeah, to me revealed about reality. We, ac- we don't know. Maybe I can say I um, just reporting. I really enjoyed the Q and A this afternoon. It was just from my little point of view, from you know, on this side of reality. There's uh, something touching in the authenticity of the questions, and I don't know. There was there was uh, felt um, there was almost something like. Um, was a sense of intimacy for me. Right? Wow, it's just us, just now. We are, there's a little opening. We're together and we're talking about stuff. And we don't know what question is going to come or what answer is going to be provided, but we're all kind of looking at life, you know. And I don't know if you had that. Uh, it would be surprising that everybody felt the same, but who knows? I don't know. So uh, I'm just thinking of this uh, one of the last question about like what uh, what do you get out of this practice more more or less, and uh, so there was these answers then, and uh, a few times today I, I I had the same idea that came back. I was like, oh yeah, et voila, that's that that was one particular thing that kept coming was uh, that I have the more not a little bit more, the sanity of knowing that my thoughts are just that, thoughts, you know? Like, so if I, I think like, oh, this is not going to work, 
there's more chance these days that I'm going to say, actually, I don't actually know. And so many times it turned out better than I made it up to, you know, that my evaluation or productions in my mind around something. And so uh, I like to live in a world where uh, I'm not fused or under the spell of my thoughts, you know. So I'll see somebody and, uh, you know, the mind does this. Oh, this is that kind of person. And then often, not always, sometimes I just, you know, kind of buy into it. But often there's, and it's followed, and let's see, you know, because that's maybe a projection, that's maybe a, that maybe, maybe there's a little nuance (laughs) that will reveal. So, in a way, it also um, invites mindfulness, because if I don't know that my thoughts are true, it's inviting me to actually pay attention. And it's great, because in this way, you know, biases are not taken to be, uh, you know, reality. We live in a society, I could say, where biases is taken to be preconceived ideas, are, you know, dearly held and believed in. And so... uh, Anyway, that's another of the answers to this. That I, I, you know, like for example, if you have the thought, this retreat is never going to end, <laughs> or this sitting or walking session is never going to end. And it could be good to be aware that this is a thought, but even that thought that is absolutely impossible if we go at it superficially, like if we're not actually attentive, mindful, curious about this thought, you, we will take it as a, as a truth. And then we'll be in hell, in a way, you know? Because this walk is never going to end. Yeah? So I like that practice for this. I mean, this, just this is worth 20 years of practice. Just the capacity, at at least some of the time, to uh, recognize a thought as just that, a thought. Wow. Even a heavy one sometimes. Well, a heavy one, like, this is never going to end. That's pretty heavy. You know, to be able to recognize the absolute lightness of such a mental event, such a creation, fiction. Nobody is ever going to love me. (coughs) Whatever else we can come, and we're quite creative, you know. So, so to me, I'm talking exactly about the practice of sitting here, listening to sound, breathing, feeling the breath, or belly rising and falling. I'm talking exactly about walking in the room just behind here, or downstairs, or outside, on the 30 feet, back and forth. This is exactly what, to me, the link is immediate between that form and liberation 
from uh, the bondage, if I can say that, of uh, thoughts or perceptions or images or... So um, that's why I think that um, I call it sensory awareness because I used to think, and sometimes I still like kind of um, automatically think awareness of the body, but actually the more, I, the more I want to be precise with words, the more I'm like, it's not awareness of the body. Because the body for me is an image that I have in my mind of my body, let's say. And I think it's too like this or not enough like that. And it should be like it's a, do you see what I'm saying? So when I say body, it's a little complex. But when I think sensory awareness, so tingling, rising, falling, expansion, contraction, coolness, vibration, silence, luminosity, Darkness, like this is sense, sense, sensory awareness. Sensory awareness is this, you know, when I was talking today about extending the contact with reality. So, so that's another question that was coming back to mind a few times today. Why extend contact with reality? Why would one do this? If this is for me, like the basic technique and instruction, Let's see if we can extend contact with reality as we're walking or sitting or eating. Why would we extend the contact with reality? You follow me when I say extending the contact? Like staying there. There's so many reasons. There's so many reasons why we would want to do that. So I'll try maybe to name a few of why, why... Let's make this, in a way, personal. Although it's not, but we'll go through that road, root, root. Why, why, Pascal, do you want to extend contact with reality? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is ephemeral. Where is the person who is there? Gone. Oh, you're still there. <laughs> um, so, this, you know when I mentioned this thing about the ephemerality? That's really much at the core of the teachings. I'm, I'm bringing you right at the core of the Buddhist teachings. Um, you know, to actually be there like, why extend contact? Because if I don't extend contact, I'll taste something. And I go, oh my God, it's so good. I want, I want to keep, I want that. I want to, re-, you know. If I'm actually really slowed down and I'm aware, like, extremely aware, like extreme sport aware, <laughs> like that I actually feel the fork move, you know, the hand moving the fork. And then I have the hit of the taste. And so I see it appear, I see, no, feel. The taste appear. And then I, if I extend the contact, if I don't extend the contact and I depart, it's like, 
oh, I would have preferred, my gut is so good, I need to do this, reproduce this at home, how can I get my hand on a recipe when you're not talking, you know. <laughs> but if I extend the contact, then there will be, an, you know, maybe a hit of joy. It could be anything, but there's a possibility of that, you know, freshness or crunchiness, you know. And then, wow, gone. You know, if you're really there for chocolate, let's say that's one thing that touches you. You know? So the, it appears, and then it disappears. When the mind is really calm, and that takes days to do this, years to come, maybe, maybe not, but when the mind is really, really calm and very intimate, with reality, which is what we're doing here. We're learning how to be in intimacy. So not, you know, um, scattered, bothered, occupied, under occupation. You try to be with reality, but in the middle there's phantoms, you know, you're fighting with. So there's a a kind of a fictional you having a fictional day, or bit of a day, you know having a conversation, very important conversation with heads. Usually they don't have much bodies. <laughs> but we, we, we're, under the, we're in the trance. Huh? We get in that trance. We, we, we are there. We're born there in that non-existent world. What, how sorry is that? To actually be born and live all the emotions of a, something that is actually not existing. That is a mind creation of fiction. You know, so that's again the veil what separates us. So if the mind is quiet and here, part of what that's not the only thing we're doing, but part of what we're doing by diligently, diligently. Yeah, it's a word. Okay. By diligently paying attention as we sit, as we stand as we cross, whatever that is called there, as we enter that room, the ballroom, believe it or not, and the coat room, as we really intend to be there, to be there. If we take the stairs, maybe we feel our hand on the handrail, or, you know, we're not we're really attending, attending. The mind is going to quiet down and it's going to get sensitive. It's going to actually perceive a lot more. Yeah. And so when we meet ephemerality, it can actually be very, very powerful. And that's what people have described. That's how this practice unfolds. Maybe you're curious to know what does it mean, vipassana, insight. This is what we're practicing here. Insight meditation. What is meant by that? Well, that a mind that gets quiet, it's not the only thing, it's one version. So I might not be describing exactly your experience, but just so you have a a little bit of a picture of what this practice can be. So that's one area of what can happen. A quiet mind that is in intimacy with reality not with its ideas about it and what it should be and its opinion about it and preferences, but really feeling it, be it pleasant, unpleasant or neutral, not easy to do. 
but a sustained contact, there'll be many things appearing and disappearing, sensations, uh, temperature will change, uh, ideas will come, emotions will come, even ideas about self. I'm really good at that. I, I suck at that. You know, I want to stay here forever. Get me out of here. You know. Tomorrow we'll see these things appear and disappear. It will. Uh, that's what it does. I think it frees the heart. It opens the heart. It opens the heart in the sense that we start to notice that everything is in existence just for a little while. That's touching, no? That we are in existence just for a little while. That things are gone, you know? They're, they're, they last, I don't know how long. You know, all these moments that we had all our life, and people, and situations, and emotion, everything is like... That's very touching. It makes uh, what we love precious. And it makes uh, somehow it does, gives rise to compassion. I don't know how, if I can make the link for you. Maybe you feel it somehow. I think it's because we're all in the same boat. Maybe there's something about it. So we start to understand hey, Amazing, so many lives and stories, but we're all in the same boat. Things would be uh, ephemeral for every one of us. Plus, we don't know exactly what's coming. I don't know if how you're receiving this, but to me, it's suddenly there's something that makes me tender about it. It's like, wow, we're all in the same boat at that level. You know, there's many things going on. You know, we could take many levels, but at that level, there's something we have in common. It's called maybe human nature or reality. I don't know, the kind of spontaneously what arises in me is a wish that it goes well for each one of us, for, for you. For, you know, I don't have to know you personally just to know that you are, like me, confronted to the unknown, you know? There's something about it that makes me want to take care, makes me want to include, not harm, uh, contribute as much as possible. It becomes very delicate. I don't know what it does for you when I say that, but... Anyway, maybe I'm talking about my mind. And so that's why we actually sit and walk to, so we get a little bit more sensitive to life. So is it underneath our ideas about it or, be, <laughs> or beyond our, our preconceived ideas or before, maybe before our preconceived ideas? So we can actually meet life. So another way that this is unfolding, yeah, I'm, 
I don't know if it's going to work. I'm trying stuff. So maybe one little thing will, will work out. You know, there's one little sharing that will make sense or inspire you or intrigue you enough to go check it out. You know? So with this very careful attention, this extraordinary attention, so we're not, the attention we're bringing is, is a, we could describe it as a generous attention or a fresh attention. It's not blasé. You know, sitting, walking. You know, it's not like this. It's, uh, it's, a, it's very different. It, if you get this, you know, it's really like heaven and hell in a way. If uh, sitting here, I realize that I have actually, this is a word of one of my dear teacher, I've never sat here now before. I've taught a lot of retreats here and, and I've been in this hall a lot as a retreatant. So I could be like, yeah, I mess. I know, it's almost mine, you know. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I know, I know. That's not going to work. It's going to be painful. If I know what's coming tonight, and if I know, if I know. This, we're interested in the unknown. And so one way to see it is, I actually, and all of us, we have never been here now before. It's a completely new experience. We've never been alive now. We've never sat now before. So that's the kind of interest we bring. So I'm not going to walk again. That's way too painful. There's no reason to do that. But I'm going to discover what it is to be standing. What it is to be a sensitive being. So... The one thing I want to try to put in words here, actually that's another colleague and teacher of mine that has suggested this a number of times, and it's extremely, uh, I th- it, it makes my mind very curious to go find out. So, you know this me, moi, I, and you have yours, don't you? that you put a lot of thoughts into. If you're anything like a regular human beings, being, you're probably pretty fascinated with this I. No? Do you recognize something in this? <laughs> okay. So I, what I will be, what I was, what I could have been, what I might not be, what I will never be, etc. Et yeah? And so the whole day, many of us, we're doing something about this I. You know, I'm doing this for this, I'm preparing this for this I. We're very busy doing things for this I. I, you know, I want to get there, so I have to hurry, and I want to eat this, or I want to, I don't know, I want to make sure I, I. So there's a lot of thought production around I. Do you recognize this? If, if it's not been clear to you, just check it out a little bit. <laughs> the form makes, reveals that. That's why we sit and walk in silence. Because suddenly you're like, enough. <laughs> Maybe you're just like, wow, it's endless. Oh, I wouldn't have done that like this. I wonder what they think of me. And if I go this way, is it going to be more comfortable for me? And uh, So 
so we spend a lot of time thinking about I. And sometimes it takes the form of we, and if we're codependent, then it's, it's all thoughts about the other. What is the other doing? I wonder what they think. I wonder... <laughs> Something like that. Returning to the I. So I spend a lot of... Th- my thought processes are a lot around I. So much so, I'm so busy all day taking care of I, that I actually might have lost complete connection with I. I think about it a lot, but do I feel it? So here, one of the things that happens is that because we sit here and there is uh, breathing, breathing can reveal being. So sometimes in meditation we think, I want to be aware of my breath. It's the breath that counts. I want to hear the sound. I want to feel my step. But there's a little twist in that that I find very interesting. Is if, what if the stepping was helping me or helping reveal that there is a being there? I can think about it a lot, but I, I haven't experienced this being so much. Do you follow me? So I start feeling the cold. What happens when there is cold? It reveals that there's a being that is in the middle of the cold. There's a being, there's sensitivity, there's an intelligence that recognizes that it's cold and not hot. And so instead of thinking about I, I go about it a different way. I encounter or discover what it is like to be a being. So the sounds, I could focus on the sound, but what do they reveal? That there's someone there hearing. And this, I haven't spent much time with this being. I've been preoccupied by them and thinking about them, but I don't know too much how to be with them. And that creates a big sense of isolation, separation, confusion, longing for some kind of connection. So that's why we sit here. We sit here and we discover that there is someone sitting. And we, we have to be careful because we could easily jump in our habitual way to be, you know? Could sit here and start thinking, next week I will do this and I will also do that next week and I will go at this place and I, I wonder what will happen to I and I this and that. Do you recognize this? And now here we say, thank you for all these thoughts about how I am actually trying to locate the darn thing. To experience what I call I, can I actually find it? You know? Because I'm really upset about it, but (laughs) if I slow down a little bit and try to find it, let's see what's going to... Who is this I? That is a very intriguing thing for me. So the walking, I'm really happy that there is this space and the silence here and there and the silent meal, because what is revealed? It's not so much that I like hollyhock uh, vinaigrette. <laughs> that too, and I could be upset about this. Hollyhock, what did they put in it? <laughs> you know, it's more like by tasting, reveals that there is a sensitive being there. Oh my God. This being keeps being sensitive. Sensitive to thoughts, to emotions, 
to all kinds of stimulation, all this, all this life that is there, constantly touched by the world. So I want to stop producing, producing thoughts about it a bit. So I renounce, renunciation, not just the cell phone. It's easy to put down the cell phone. But to say, hey, honey, shh, shh, about I and all its project and fears about I. Let's try to experience it. And that's, I don't know what we're going to discover. Maybe there's going to be fear of emptiness, of like, ah, I'm going to disappear. I is going to disappear. If it's not being described, or its story is not being told all the time, you know. But maybe not. Maybe there'll be a fullness. Maybe there'll be, I don't know what there'll be, might be changing. I know sometimes I feel like, to me, it's, wow, this is human nature. It doesn't even feel so personal. Wow, sensitivity. It's of the public domain. Sensitivity. Well, look at that. This being is being touched. I bet it's the same thing in other locations. Is there any value to what I'm talking about? Maybe a few things. The, by this form, simple form, you know, can you just sit a little bit, walk a little bit? You know, could, that's pretty much it, you know. It's a very simple form. And in that, also the patterns of this eye are revealed, how this eye is particularly fond of worry or trained in worrying or how this I is specialized in you know this beautiful creation of an I that is worthless and a fascination for it like everything proves that this I is worth nothing that's interesting to see these patterns revealed there was one person on the retreat a uh, number of months ago. She was saying, um, she was saying, uh, this was not luxury like here. People were sharing rooms, you know, rooms of this room. I think there were four, or three or four. And she was saying, uh, so I'm doing the walking and the sitting. I'm walking, I'm sitting. Like I just keep attending, and the way, you know, you are instructing us, you know, I try not to force, but not to give up, not to abandon. That's the Buddha. How did I cross the flood? The flood of afflictive emotion, the flood of uh, confusion, the flood of longing, the flood of grief, the flood of... How did I cross the flood? By not forcing, by not abandoning. Forcing, I would lose... uh, I don't know what's the verb in English. I would, I would lose it, and be carried away. Abandoning, I would draw, draw, drawn. So not forcing, not abandoning. That's the art of practice here. You just keep showing up. The body's uncomfortable. You just keep knowing, knowing it. You find yourself uh, opening a door, going to the bathroom. Be there for the opening and the closing of the door. You just. Not abandoning, not forcing. Anyway, she, so 
back to this person. She says, um, so I'm just, I keep going, sitting, walking, sitting, walking. And what's becoming really interesting that I'm seeing that I didn't see before, it was really there, but I was uh, duped, I was fooled, I was in the trance, I was buying into it. It's like, I'm in the bedroom, in the pause, you know, and I'm thinking, if I wasn't there, they would be, it would be good for them, you know, there would be just, let's say, three of them, there would be enough space, but because I'm there, it's a little stressful for everyone. Then she goes, at the break, you know, the 15 minutes like now, maybe we had, she said, I go to the bathroom, and I'm thinking, oh, I should have waited, maybe others wanted to use the bathroom, there's only one bathroom very close by, why did I take it, you know, and she said, I just noticed that, you know, and and then I continue walking, and then suddenly I'm like, oh, I'm the only one walking in the sun. I, I took the spot in the sun. You know, I, maybe I should let others. And then I'm in line for tea, and I'm like, oh, I don't need tea, you know. I should. And she said, and it took a long time, like a long time, several hours. And she said, and suddenly I just noticed that. It was there the whole time, but in my superficial attention, I was just buying into it. But being more quiet, more attentive, more sensitive, things starts to stand out. Tastes stand out and all this. But also thoughts start to stand out. And she's like, wow, look at that. I use every, the mind uses every opportunity to tell it that it's at the wrong place. Like she was starting to question it instead of believing it. That's what we call freedom. This movement from buying into something, being fused with it, I don't know, duped, fooled, occupied by, and suddenly, let's say, hold on, who are you? What, what is it? Is that true? You know, what, what is this thing? Is it helpful or not? I'm putting words to it, but actually all this happens silently. That's what we call vipassana, insight. I'm just walking, sitting, walking, and these things appear. And it starts to become really clear what is beneficial and true and what is unbeneficial in this system. How is this system creating misery for itself and now it can create healing? So for her it became really clear. Uh, and she said, so you know what's happening now? It keeps coming, but it makes me smile tenderly. Like, oh, honey, mistaken. It's a mistaken view of reality. It was not true, I bought into it. But it's not true. I don't have to f believe it. And I don't even have to fight against it. No, I'm worth something. No, you're worth nothing. You're in the way. No, I'm not in the way. I have the right to exist. No, you're in the way. We said debating with our thoughts increases, um, uh, increases, uh, increases um, despair or increases um, stress. There's a word, particular word I'm looking for, I might not find it. Increases, um, yeah, struggle, pain, suffering. And so here we're not trying to debate with our thoughts, we're actually trying to become aware of them. Okay, so that's what you're saying, you know. Another one, the voice will be arrogance. I don't know. I got it. They haven't got it. I got it. <laughs> you know? And then you soak in that for a little while. You know, you see it here and there. You know, 
Watch me walking. Slow walker. You know? Then you see these waves come and come, and at some point, wisdom, you know, starts to say like, what's that construction? Is that really worthy? Does it have value? Like, I really like that construction. Is that really for my benefit and the benefit of others? I, again, I'm putting words to it, but what we're doing is sensed. Vipassana, insight. It's intuitive, penetrative wisdom. So as we see these things arise, we start to feel their nature. Actually, I don't want to entertain that. You know, This is entangling, not liberating. I'm, again, I'm putting words because we're communicating. All this is happening by presence. Presence reveals the wholesome or disturbing nature of the different ways we hold each other, we hold ourselves and each other. So let's talk about the beneficial one, for example. The more I get sensitive here, the more maybe I'll be touched by uh, maybe my own compassion or my own benevolence or uh, the benevolence of somebody else, I'll be so sensitive that I'll see the way somebody, I don't know, gives me space by looking away, or I, I don't know, it's let me go in the door frame, or I don't know, the voice of the teacher at some point. Uh, somebody described this uh, today very beautifully. Like There was one sentence, one phrase from the teacher, and some warmth, space was felt, something. And so there was not, the words were not like, oh, this is awesome, I should be more benevolent. You know, it was like, whoa, insight. This is a good way to be. This is kind. This is a good way to be. Are you following me? So we're clarifying this. Um, maybe I'll finish with this. There's three uh, levels uh, three ways we can understand things, life. So one way is through information. You know, how do you get to IMS? You take highway, this and that, change there, turn there, turn there. So it's good information. It helps understand what's what, you know. So that's one level. There's another level is reflection. So this is a uh, conceptual, I think. Oh, Pascal talked about ephemerality. Is that true that everything is ephemeral? Has it been for me? All the past moments, are they really gone? You know, so I can think about, is that true that everybody around me will disappear one day? Is that a fact? Wow. So that can have a, it's potent, no? Reflection. The third level of understanding is what we call meditation. It's not conceptual. We don't think about things, we feel them. But it's high quality feeling, it's not superficial attention. It's an attention that is curious, steady, we're developing it. And it's not even, you know, but we pay attention. We pay attention in bed tonight. We'll be paying attention to the experience of being in the warm bed or the body breathing, or it might be like the sweetness of the darkness, the sweet benevolence of the darkness. Oh, sweet. We're going to feel that. Or if it appears a little more uh, unpleasant, then we'll 
we'll do the same. We'll just feel that, oh, unpleasant, unwell. Oh, unwell feels like this. And so, this is really, really, really high quality understanding. We say that wisdom comes out of that level. That's like very powerful. So that's why here, well, that's why we gather for all these days to actually hang out in that uh, area. And of course, there's going to be information. There is information now. There's going to be reflection. But what we value a lot, because we, maybe we haven't valued it so much, in the dominant society, culture, or in our own life, now we're learning to um, encounter life in this way, not thinking about life, not telling it what it is or should be, but letting it touch us. That's what we're doing. And... uh, And this, uh, nobody will uh, be against that around us. The fact that we'll be more attentive, more curious, less in preconceived ideas. Ah, I heard you close the door. I know what kind of evening we're going to have. You know? Or, ah, I I know that kind. You know, just we'll stay a little bit more open. So that's one thing, one of the benefits. The other is integrity, inner ethics. By being more and more receptive, we're going to open the feedback loop that maybe was closed, closed at the level of ideas. And now we're going to feel, so hold on, how does it feel for me? What, where is my integrity? We're going to feel this more going to be easier. We're not going to have to find, uh, follow the norms. We're going to be able to see for ourselves what is true, what is not. There's going to be a clarity that's going to be felt. And that, that is worth a lot. That is, uh, that is worth a lot that I can discern for myself. Okay, so the group think, is that the way you say that? So the group, the norm is this. What, what is the truth here? I have to listen very deeply. And I've learned how to do that. And when I say I, I mean we, here. And so we can actually, we don't have to debate, oh, do I do it? Do I do that? I should be doing it because if you're a good, that kind of person, you do it. You can drop all that and feel, feel it. Yeah, I'm going to do this. No, it doesn't resonate. So that's why we're actually, to me, directly linked to sitting and walking, what I'm talking about. Directly linked. And we're going to need a lot of clarity because messages are coming from all angles and they're confusing and things that have no value are valued. And uh, so it takes a lot of uh, listening skills. That's what we're developing here. So thank you so much for uh, listening, considering uh, with intelligence. You don't have to believe any of this. Huh? The, m- my understanding of the, what the Buddha taught is he, in a way taught independence. He said, it seems like he said, I'm going to show you a way to encounter reality that you're going to know for yourself what is what. 
you won't have to believe anybody. You'll be able to consider what they say, but you'll see for yourself what is what. A calm, curious mind uh, is the portal to clarity. And just so I don't present utopia here, it's very messy work. <laughs> it's very uneven and it's not going exactly at the pace we want, maybe, or in the, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's much more messy than this. So let's just take a moment here to uh, just feel. Maybe you're returning to the experience of the body and you haven't left it as you were listening, or maybe not, maybe you were embodied. So again, I'm not thinking about the body that you would want to have, or the body, the image you have, I'm more talking about what's alive, nature, tingling, hardness, space, Expansions, contractions. So allow maybe the silence to reveal that there's someone sensitive to it. or allow the sensations in the leg to reveal that there is a being there, sensitive there. deep clarity and freedom and may, may we be able to offer protection and care. What shall we do? If we were sitting, what could be next? <laughs> Walking! Oh, what a great idea! So, uh, yeah, see what uh, intimacy with standing and walking means uh, in action. Thank you. We'll come back 